Yeah, you're you're right. The worst song on here was okay. And welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 21. Ooh, old enough to drink. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite albums or playlists to listen to each week, and I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and we come together on this podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my good friend... Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis. This week, I watched the movie Joker, and you listened to my personal music project panko stankhole i wondered if you were actually going to claim it as yours uh, this early in the pot i mean ever we know but like for the purposes of suspense uh <laughs> if we were going to just say you listen to panko stankhole's debut album outhouse or whatever debut album yeah that's fantastic i love it i'm really glad that you were willing to do that this is kind of a very special episode even though it's not a very special episode but uh yeah we'll get into it at some point so i was thinking because this is our 21st podcast maybe we should have had uh, uh, uh some sort of spirits uh to imbibe in but i then i remembered i don't imbibe in spirits so i, I am also teetotal right now so yeah oh nice nice so, well i have oh, not even coffee today i have water i could go grab a kombucha which has a very very low uh alcohol content but would count yeah all right good good well i mean we'll, we'll pretend that that's what you did all right and uh, that you're enjoying your kombucha right now and i am enjoying oh i don't know a hard lemonade Ooh, travis's hard sure. lemonade yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so how was your... You, we have not spoken in quite some time. It feels like so long after getting used to hearing your dulcet tones week after week. Yeah, it has been quite a while. I looked at our FaceTime and it's been almost a month. So uh, I was on vacation in the wilds of Kentucky, South Carolina, and North Carolina. Had a wonderful time. Went camping. Uh, we have a tent camper, like the little pop-up camp type camper. We take all four uh -huh. dogs with us it's 200 and uh, let's see one to six it's 270 pounds of dog approximately wow uh, in in one tiny little pop-up camper with the two of us uh i feel like we look like a, in the morning when i open the door i feel like it's a clown car where just more and more giant dogs pop out of it but it's a really good time piling out of it yeah. uh oh, this the, sounds great i will say north carolina i'm not going to get into the details of the trip because people come here to hear about music and movies but north <laughs> carolina the mountains of north carolina are unreal beautiful a wonderful wonderful place to spend some time hiking checking out nature learning a little bit about the history of the country i loved loved it i loved the whole trip but North Carolina was definitely the highlight for me. Oh, Matt, that's so awesome. It, it really sounds great. You did post a couple of great pictures, and uh, I, I really love seeing not only how much fun you were having, but also the puppies themselves. Yeah. There's one picture of everybody at a stream, and uh, and you have a low angle. And when I saw the thumbnail, I thought it was a horse. Oh, yeah. Uh, like drinking yeah. from the stream, uh -huh. and that you were kind of behind it. Because also you were... The, the forced perspective was mm -hmm. you were behind it, so the dog looked much bigger. Yeah. And, uh, but, it, so, but it looked like a lot of fun. And greyhounds do have a very similar uh, silhouette to horses, just, mm -hmm. just smaller. So, yeah, they, they're little yeah. thoroughbreds. Yeah. Uh, so well, anything else? Is that, I, I mean, well, geez, nothing that was more. Full... Yeah, I mean, nothing more for me. Amy's surgery is scheduled, so that's exciting. 
uh, for us. And uh, so we'll have plenty of time to tape podcasts in a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> good, good. <laughs> but uh, right. I hear there is also big news on your end of the country. What is it, Travis? Uh, yeah, my big news is I became a daddy again. Uh, I oh, adopted a puppy, a fur, thought, a, fur, a fur baby daddy. I thought you were going to talk about the writer's strike. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two are not unrelated, oh, actually. Okay. Do tell. Uh, because uh, because of the writer's strike, I am not working at the moment. My show is uh, is dark, and I have been looking for uh, to adopt a dog for several months since yes. I learned about the time we started this podcast that I wasn't going back to Japan. Uh, I, I said, okay, it's time, and I think I probably mentioned it on this show. You have that, indeed. Uh, you know, I, I want I want to uh, adopt, and uh, but I've also been very picky. I knew what I wanted. I wanted a specific. Uh, thing in the dog that I wanted, um, a certain size. I wanted a girl. I wanted a puppy. And um, and I went about two and a half weeks ago to the East Valley Animal Shelter here in uh, L.A. in the San Fernando Valley. Nice shout and out. I met. Uh, yeah, I met this one dog who um, was looked was gorgeous and and wonderful and perfect uh but she was like four months old and they were like uh and they told me her weight and i did the there's a little online calculator you can do and it's like this dog will be 89 pounds and i was like oh no 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 that's that's too big and then uh and then they brought this dog out whose name was girly at the time and uh and and she was also perfect and just just a wonderful little dog a little older and so wasn't going to grow much more. Okay. Uh, and uh, the calculator has her growing to about 43 pounds, give nice. or take. Which is almost the same size as uh, Dot was um, for most of her life. And, uh, yeah, and she's she's beautiful. She she looked very dark, like almost black fur with, like, some white highlights on her chest and, mm-hmm. and paws. And uh, But then when we got her out into the sun, I saw that her fur was actually very dark brown. Yeah, And had, like, common. brown highlights. Yeah. And so... Um, so I was thinking, oh, chocolate, um, chocolate names, Godiva, uh, you know, Lindor Truffle, you know, stuff like that, Coco. And then um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, Coco's nice because it's got hard consonants and it's good for a dog name to have mm-hmm. a consonant. And yeah. a, you know. I've known a few Cocos and, in my day. Yeah. And then uh, I was showing a picture of her to one of my ex-boyfriends and he's like, oh, she is a Coco. She's got marshmallow, marshmallow feet. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Just like a hot cocoa. Yep, that's it. And so, uh, and so that's it. And so she's been with me for about two and a half weeks now. And today we went on our first wisdom tree hike, which nice. is one of my favorite places in LA. And yeah. she did great. She awesome. is currently passed out on the bed behind me. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> not yeah. the first time you've said that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, first time for a dog on this bed. Um, so anyway, no, it's it's that's lovely. Exciting. I am I am very happy. I think that it's very good for me emotionally and um it's been it's long overdue for me to have uh, a little puppy again. yeah dogs are the best people for sure yeah yeah so um yeah that, that that is pretty much the other the only other big thing that's going on because of uh work being gone and dead um at the moment i think and i think the strike is going to go on for a couple more months and what's interesting is that the the actors and directors guilds are also about to start negotiations and have already asked for strike authorization votes for their from their members um as a as a as a as a way to 
bargain, I guess, to, to go to the table and say, we've already been authorized to go to, to strike if we don't get what we need. Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens. I don't well, know. I'm sure you know time. this already, Travis, but I'm a big supporter of organized labor. I wish all three unions the absolute best. I hope you guys get all that you want. I hope your shows go into super-duper production. I hope they hire you as a writer, an actor, a director, all, uh, because you're um, you're a multi-talented threat. And, uh, yeah, I hope it all, all goes awesome for you. Me too, me too. It's uh, I, I think it will. It, it, it can't not as far as i mean something's got to give and uh, this is an existential moment uh for the industry so um uh, i i hope everything works out speaking of uh movies and uh and other stuff yeah i guess music too but uh yeah. i'd like to talk about our uh, you want to delve into the meat of the episode yeah let's do it let's get in there I mean, that was a pretty short intro but man we've got a lot to talk about we sure do um Let's start with the movie since we're talking about uh, since we're talking about the industry in in such a way. Yeah. And oh man, I am. Uh, this movie interests me in a way that's that surprised me. I, and I will say, uh, so I, I gave you the movie Joker from 2019 to watch, uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix and directed by Todd Phillips. And um, I, w- when this movie was coming out. I had had already such low expectations for DC movies that I really didn't expect anything good from this because they they had kind of, to that point, had one good movie recently with Wonder Woman, and um, and this was not even part of that world. It was kind of like its own thing, and the trailer didn't really look good to me. It was weirdly, like, stylized, and, like, it seemed so it seemed almost too artistic for its own good. Yeah, to that point, to that point, I would say I can't imagine trying to cut a meaningful trailer for this movie that gets butts in the seats. Yeah, right. Fair, fair, exactly. So, uh, but what happened was that summer. Uh, this was the summer before I moved to Japan, and I was kind of half dating this guy for a little bit, and we were like, "Let's go to a movie." And this happened to be exploding in theaters at that point, where like everybody was seeing it. And I didn't want to see it, but we looked at each other and we're like, I mean, should we just see it? And uh, that kind of thing. And we went. And I will say I was blown away. My mind was blown by this movie. Uh, not only not only the, 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 the actual plot and story and filming and all of that that went into it, which I also think is pretty spectacular, but I walked out from an actor's point of view looking at Joaquin Phoenix who I normally don't like, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. Hmm. And I said, this is the best performance I've seen this century so okay. far. Okay. It, was, it was incredible to me. And, uh, and, so, and the movie went on to make like a billion dollars, mm-hmm. uh, which is insane. And, and they, everybody initially was like, oh, no, this is just a one-off. We don't want to make a sequel. Like We did not sign. Joaquin Phoenix did not sign a three-picture deal that is normal in superhero movies. But... Now they are making a sequel. So Mm. um, I think that's fairly interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that being said, I think that's all we need to do, except except for me to say that, you know, when you ever go to a movie and then when the credits start rolling, you pull out your phone and look up IMDb to check out some details about the movie. I did that, and I was like, "Oh, what, what did I just watch?" And I looked it up, and I and I clicked on the director, and I was like, 
the director of The Hangover did this? <laughs> that also just, my mind melted at that piece of knowledge. Um, and I've never yeah. seen Hangover, but it just... Oh, really? I couldn't oh. believe, yeah. I couldn't oh. believe that that guy also did this. Well, I assign you the first Hangover movie, first of all, because uh, it's really oh, okay. good. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. Well, we got episode 30 um, coming up. <laughs> well, I've seen The Hangover, so unfortunately, oh, that's you're true. just going to have okay. to watch it on your own time. Um, so uh, so what you're saying is is you were ambivalent about Joker. You're kind of comesy gozy on it. I was uh, now after after I've seen it. So so no, after I walked out of it, I was I loved it, and uh, and I was like, okay, he's got he's winning best uh, actor, no doubt about it, and um, and this movie will probably be uh, nominated for an Oscar as well, and I didn't watch it again for a few years because I was that feeling that I had after the first viewing was so special. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to risk the movie not living up to that memory. Okay. Do you know? Yeah. So like, uh, but then I did watch it again and, and still loved it. And I just watched it a third time for this, Mm -hmm. uh, to prepare for this episode. And, um, I, I still think it's kind of amazing. Okay. Nice. Very good. What did you think, Matt? Well, uh, that there was a little bit of little kernel of truth in that joke, which is that I'm super duper ambivalent about this movie. Um, as a filmmaking achievement, it's fantastic. Right. Um, an interesting take on a character that we all thought we knew, uh, uh, an interesting reinvention, I guess I would say, of a character that we all thought we knew, and a character that has had some pretty uh, definitive takes before, right? Like, I mean, the Jack Nicholson Joker, the Heath Ledger Joker, um, even the Cesar Romero Joker, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Except what we never have gotten before is a real uh, origin story. Like even Jack Nicholson's, uh, no, you, you fell know, into it. falling you into a vat of acid. Yeah, you fall into a vat of acid. You get yeah. But that's it's not. That's not. That's not an origin. That's a. That's a. That's a cause. You know. That's a cause and effect type of. That's a moment. But this one, you. I feel like you get way more like meat to his character. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not super familiar with all of the Batman oeuvre. Uh, has Joker ever gotten a real, like, definitive canon origin story? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, not really. I mean, it's always been part of part of his um, part of his appeal. I think has always been that he has been a mystery, uh, this agent of chaos, yeah. for no particular, from no particular source. Like, the, like, just as a balance to Batman. Yeah. Here is this. Here's this opposite, this, you know, this person. Uh, and we, so we don't really know why he's so crazy. Like he is very crazy in the, in the, in the, in every iteration, in the, in the comic books, in yeah. the movies, in the, in the video games. Um, yeah. There's times when he can come off almost as like a Loki figure, uh, like mythological, yeah. mythological Loki figure, not, not Marvel yep. universe, universe Loki figure. Um, and there's times. The same thing. Uh, I would not, I would say the MCU Loki is pretty, a pretty far reach from like Norse mythology. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, yeah, he's a softer version, but he, he still calls himself the agent of chaos or, you know, the yeah, trickster but, God. yeah, like he, they, they say all those names, but I mean, just like Thor okay. in the MCU is a long, long way from a, yes. any sort okay. of yes. actual Thor figure 
in in mythology the same yeah, I get what you're saying. and so yep. anyways what i what i was saying though is that joker has a bit of the trickster about him yes i you know his his lack of a backstory is almost part of the character historically right mm-hmm. like why yep, yep. why is this guy doing this uh nobody really knows um you know, other than he was driven insane by some sort of physical event or something, I guess is what you would say for the Jack Nicholson character. Right. Um, right. Yep. You know, so I guess what I'm, what I want to get across here is like, this is a, it's a really, uh, it's a beautiful movie. Uh, it's well paced. Um, it has a viewpoint, right. Um, it sticks with, uh, Joaquin Phoenix for the whole thing, right? Nothing like everything is told from his perspective, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, that's an interesting choice. And I think you have to make that choice if you want to tell this story um, in a sympathetic way, right? Because if you tell this story from the perspective of other people in it, you, you know, boy, oh boy, do you, you like, this is sympathetic to the Joker, right? And I think the the yeah. big read In, that you can yeah. have on this movie is that it takes this person who is a violent and dangerous person who is unpredictable and doesn't really have an agenda and like graphs an agenda and a and a like a meaning onto what he's doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. that I don't I don't know if we need that, like as a society, right? As like movie, as a movie watching public, I don't know if we need to like take this person who's like a wild card that will just murder a person out of the blue. Uh, well, but here I think is where I uh, one of the reasons I like this movie is because if you look at, for example, the difference between Jack Nicholson's Joker, who is a psychopath who. Who who gains crazy, right? Mm-hmm. He 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 was already a murderer, and he gains mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. In this one, uh, uh, Arthur Joaquin's character is not a killer. He he he's he's got some mental issues, but he has the violence kind of layered on top of that. Yeah. After, like mm-hmm. he's pushed to violence, which I think is a really interesting twist on this guy. And ultimately, kind of, it works as a cautionary tale uh, uh, for society at large. See, and that I think is a really generous take. And i i would I would like to say that this feels like a cautionary tale, right? That it that it feels like a, a you know a, a warning, right? Um, but there's there there are times, and I, I you know I realize this is like kind of tipper gore of me, but I feel like it glorifies the Joker character and like there no come on now <laughs> there's no there's, I know and I, 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 there's, I, I it's just a it's a common um, right thread there's a, that there's this response to this movie there's a part with. of society that you know takes these characters that are like sort of toxic stereotypes I'm thinking of like Rick and Morty or um, you know, uh, Bateman from the, um, from American psycho or whatever, uh, or even Scarface, right? Like going back to our generation. Right. And like graphs, this sort of like positivity or protagonist 
story onto them when the story is that these or Tyler Durden from from Fight Club, right? If you don't realize that Fight Club is a satire, you think that Tyler Durden is just like a cool guy who's like Brad Pitt, cool. I'm gonna, you know, I want to be like him because he's like fights and he's cool and he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and whatever, right? Yeah. And like, there's a lot of people that have missed the point of a lot of these movies, and I don't. If Joker is making that point, that's all very well and good. But I think it is really, really easy to miss that and just be like, yeah, look at this guy who is like achieving, achieving his goals through violence, you know? Okay, so let me, so I, 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 I got to push on that just a little bit because here, uh, when you, when you lay the, uh, I guess, the label of glorifying violence on something, I think you have to ask yourself, okay, if it's glorifying violence, then it should stand to reason that people want to be him, right? In order to do the things that he's doing. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, Tyler Durden, like you said with Tyler Durden, you know, sure. I want to be him because I want to just, you know, be, uh, be anarchist. Um, I don't think that anybody would trade their lives for this guy's life. In, a, in real life. True. Yeah. Right. But throughout the movie, one of the themes of the movie, or not themes of the movie, but one of the images of the movie is all these people wearing masks. Way, way to steal imagery from V for Vendetta, by the way. Um, but like well, but we're, wearing, and, wearing and, and, I these, mean, these clown masks, you know. But and, V for Vendetta stole it from, you know, whatever else, uh, the French Revolution, I suppose. I don't know. But the, <laughs> uh, you know, the when you're talking about society getting to a breaking point where the where we're building off of the backs of the poor and downtrodden without offering them help in return eventually something's going to break and i think that's what this is and and everybody like we look for symbols and for uh for things to rally behind you know when uh, this uh this was a year before the george, george floyd murder mm -hmm. and look at what that sparked worldwide protests and, and 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 most of them were were not violent like these were in the movie but the i think the the energy the the crackling of of desperation is there in the world and um and i, I think it really is yeah and uh, no and i think that's a really valid point and uh, but see my i guess the thing that i have about this is that it doesn't engage with that in a really realistic way um and you know but yes right like to the extent that those points are made about uh, you know, having your your boot on the backs of the poor and uh, and putting people in a situation where they feel like they have no options. I'm absolutely I, like I understand those points. I agree with those points, and so forth. I don't know that this movie earns that story, right? And I think it's probably because it's so it's told so relentlessly from. Um, his perspective and he doesn't he doesn't have a political agenda he's not dialed into all of those things so throughout this movie that's all told through uh through tv broadcast and radio broadcast or uh newspaper headlines right and one of the you know like so sticking with arthur's perspective throughout the movie gets you uh like a really deep 
connection with the character and is and like there are big pros to that but the big con is is that there is this big arch overarching story that you want to tell about society reaching a breaking point and that is all told at an angle right uh, through right. through sort of like less effective means and i like i didn't i didn't feel like a lot of that stuff was earned you know hmm. also okay. i'm not i'm all not right. a huge fan of, i mean okay uh, billionaires shouldn't exist, right? I'm not a huge fan of just throwing Bruce Wayne's dad character under the bus uh, in in a way that like has never been done before, right? We there like Thomas Wayne has never been a bad guy in any iteration of the Batman universe, it's right? It's true. He's and, always and been he's, kind of revered, yeah, and, and like he was, yeah, and like you know, to the extent that this is pushing back against the idea of, Hey, the billionaire is great. He comes and he sprinkles money around for us, you know, like well, that's good, true. but you know, so I'm not saying that that's not, that that doesn't ring true, but like it, it does not, it's not contiguous with the rest of the mythology for sure. No, but I do think that uh, the, the history of billionaires in our society and billionaires in comic books has been, uh, has, has, differed like back when bruce wayne was a billionaire there were only a, a, a couple of billionaires in the world and it, it seemed like they could be people who would actually use their money to help the poor and 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 do things nowadays we know better like yeah, there are better. a couple of billionaires who are benevolent but most of them are greedy sons of bitches and right. and, and society would be better without them so yeah. like well, and to you the know, extent I, that they're benevolent, they're just benevolent in in like comparison to the other billionaires, right? They're not exactly, like, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think that that's where this story's uh, perspective comes from, and in that way, it's uh, as a reflection of of a, a more modern society. I, I really appreciated it. Um, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. I just I so one of the things that this movie does a lot is sort of it co-ops a lot of the imagery of the occupy movement um mm -hmm. you know it it co-ops a lot of imagery from the left in service of a message that is like sort of hyper violent right and is not at at the very least it does not comport with my experience of being a leftist person hanging out in leftist spaces and it it feels like it feels a little bit like how, um, you know, the, and I'm not saying, I, I hate to rule 34 the conversation here, but like, you know how the National Socialists adopted the, the, the name National Socialist, right? Nazi, right? But they were not, they were the furthest thing from socialists, right? Um, mm -hmm. And, and it, and I don't love taking sort of leftist imagery and, and themes and slogans and sort of recruiting them into this like hyper violent, you know, uh, not, not fascist imagery, but, um, uh, uh, Batman is a oh, vigilante style movement, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's yeah. funny. It's kind of, that is kind of interesting that it's like, it sets Joker up as just a, just a vigilante like Batman is just from the, it other, does. It, right? They use the word vigilante at one point that, yeah. uh, was, I thought very pointed. Yeah. Yeah. I got to admit there was a point in this movie when I'm like, I would be so much more on board with what this is trying to do. If he hadn't chased the third kid down and shot him in the back. 
You know what I mean? Hmm. When he when he kills the kids on the subway, if he had if he had just shot those first two in the moment while they were actively attacking him and then didn't like go out there and hunt down the third kid, I would have had a very, very different reaction to this, I think. I mean, he also smothered his mom. So would you right. have? Well, I mean, <laughs> like, but I think I think this is this is the point where he 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 uh, that he gets to a point, a breaking point, and then breaks. Yeah, and I think no. that um, I would I would you just can't say go like, back and yeah yeah, that's fair. That's we're we're fair. talking about a character that in the comics it does kill people, you know, without, and so we're trying to we're getting him to that point or and, yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. And I thought it did it very. I, I just thought it did it successfully. Of the the question of why when it came to the Joker, like yeah. why does he do the things we've seen him do in comic books? Like it just okay. There's so ne- there's never a rhyme or reason to his chaos, and I like yeah. that here they made an attempt to at least explain that in yeah. a fairly grounded way. All right. Cool. That's cool. Okay. So I've said, I've, I think I've made the observations that I want to make. I, mm-hmm. I debated whether I was going to convey this, but I'm going to throw it in there. So my wife yeah. said something last night because she also watched the movie with me. And it, it does it does give me just like a, yeah, like this is part of why this niggles at me. She said, I feel like I just w- attended a public execution, right? And not huh. not in a literal way, but like in an entertainment, like when people used to go to executions as entertainment, this felt like, like sort of violence, you know, and mob emotion as entertainment to her and i don't know that i would necessarily like a hundred percent agree with that but i think it gets at why i struggled with the message of this movie i can absolutely see where that perspective comes from especially from the graphic nature of the violent i i wouldn't call this hyper violent in the way that some movies are but i do think the 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 very specific violence that you see is graphic and because of that it has a very visceral uh feeling to it now for me uh although i understand that perspective i think that i see it much more from the um point of view that it's a it's a warning it's a you know uh, it's it's and he even says it you know he says that if you this is the thing this is the you take a guy like me and this is the things you do to him what do you expect um, yeah and and I think that's that's the theme of the movie right there uh, and I think it gets it pretty well what did you think of Joaquin's performance oh it was fantastic it really was I mean you know did I love every single choice that was made no but um, but it was it was different and good in a very, very interesting way, right? Yeah, I've Um, never seen anything quite like it. His motion... So it's funny because one of the things that Joker does as he sort of becomes himself is starts dancing um, uh, in in various situations, almost like it's, it's expressing some internal, you know resolution or something uh mm-hmm. and his movement i it's clear that he studied very carefully and i don't know if there's an actual choreographer that he worked with or if it was just like interpretive dance from joaquin phoenix um i probably should have looked that up because this it, w- it was 
very his movement in those sequences was very very impressive to me and i i did really love that the way he would move his hands uh it reminded me of like like really high level dance like uh, you know vogue or or modern dance that's really about making shapes with your body and and expressing emotion um so yeah that was really really good yeah it's interesting because i'm generally not a fan of such things but uh i agree that in he the way he executed his 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 body um and he he lost something like 50 some pounds to for this role which is just crazy Uh, other than um other than uh, the machinist with uh, Christian Bale, I've never seen anything quite like it. Um, yeah, this is the I think the just performance-wise the best performance from any Joker I've seen. And, really, and as I said, and I still I still think it's one of the best acting performances I've seen this century so far. Um, mm-hmm. If not longer, like it just blew me away looking, seeing the choices and the and the absolute commitment to mm-hmm. um, to the character. It, it's it's it was extraordinary to me. Um, yeah, and like, as I said, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Joaquin Phoenix. Like I mm-hmm. haven't liked him in a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, like whether it's his his uh, method style of acting. Or what? I just have, I'm not. I've not been a big fan. But man, uh, this this makes me feel inferior as an actor for sure. So. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I you know what's funny about Joaquin Phoenix? I don't. I haven't mm. historically had a huge issue with him, positive or negative. Uh, but I will say he's one of those guys who looks like several other actors. I'm thinking specifically of Jonathan mm. Reese Davies, but there's a few actors who mm. all sort of look kind of similar and every, and it's distracting to me because every time I see one of them, I'm like, wait, which one is this now? Is that, Fair. Oh yeah. no, it's not. Oh, Oh, I think that's river Phoenix's bro. Nope. Nope. That's not. And uh, it, yeah. And it just throws me out yeah. of the moment for yeah, a depressingly yeah. no, long amount of time. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I was going to make a comment about his age and Bruce Wayne's age. And, but I'm not going to do that because it's not important. No, no it's that not is important. my one, it's not important. that's my one yeah. niggle about this is that I, yeah. while I love the fact that they tied the protests around that erupt around him into Bruce Wayne's origin story, uh, Batman's origin story. I love yeah. that, but the timing is weird. Yeah, like, the timing is. It does. The timing, it is weird that the Joker work. is what thirty years older than, or I mean, not the thirty, but twenty years older than Batman. Uh, well, Joaquin Phoenix was forty-four when this movie was released, but I think the character was thirty or something like that. Yeah, which they said just, something. Yeah, I mean, he looks fifty. So, but that's like I understand he's a victim of abuse, who's living in poverty. It it makes you live sense a hard for, life. It, you look it, a lot older. <laughs> it makes sense for him to look older than his age. But yeah, he's yeah. Bruce Wayne's character was actually twenty-five, but he looked ten. So uh... all of the casting was really, really good. She did a great job, but I, I there was none of the casting that I was unhappy with. I actually didn't love. Uh, Thomas Wayne, but yeah, whatever. It was mm-hmm. all right. That's fair. He's kind of a nothing character. Yeah, whatever. yeah. The, which is I why say... I feel like they did him dirty, but it does, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, yeah. I... That's that's fair. Uh, so, uh, well, why don't you give it a rating? I think 
I think you're going to be a little disappointed in this, but I, I do, I cannot get over, I think as a movie, really, really good. But again, this choice of story and the, all the, all the things that I don't like about it, I'm going to go with a six. Okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. I, uh, I, I was thinking about it, um, a lot today and, uh, you know, having rewatched it recently and I just was, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a 10. Really? This is a perfect, uh, is it, and it's because of my initial reaction. Uh, and then the second time I watched it, it held up. And now the third time I watched it again, it held up still. And I am just so impressed on, uh, about, uh, I'm so impressed by this movie's ability to, to do such an in-depth character study on a on a character we kind of already know in the zeitgeist in the, in the popular popular culture and and to reinvent him while staying within the 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 means of what we already know him to be sure. was is very impressive to me like for instance Jared Leto's version of the Joker is a reinvention but kind of breaks the character a bit okay you know um, and this doesn't do that. This builds on the, tr- the 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 kind of trajectory and the evolution that he's been on since Cesar Romero to Jack Nicholson to Heath Ledger to Mark Hamill to actually Mark Hamill before uh, Heath Ledger, but then Heath Ledger and now Joaquin Phoenix. And I okay. think it's uh, I think it's pretty good. So yeah, ten for me. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Yep. Yep. So, uh, all right. Well, so why... we're done now, huh? Okay, great. We're cool. We're done. done. All right. Good done. night, everybody. Good and night, everybody. Uh, it's been nice talking to you, Matt. Thanks for exposing yourself to wait, wait a, a minute. minute. <laughs> <laughs> we we have some music to talk about. We do have some. Is it what we call it? Music. Uh, I call it musics for musics. a very particular reason. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, do tell. Oh no, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna explain. So you introduced this to album. everyone who does not know. I have a project, a musical project that uh, I've been working on since the beginning of the year. It's called Panko Stankhole, which is a deliberately bad name. I know it's a bad name for a band. You don't have to tell me, although you're certainly welcome because that's engagement and we love engagement. But anyways, I've been writing, recording, producing one song a week from January 1st up until I left for my vacation. Uh, And I released the first 13 songs that I had written as an album in mid-April. They are a variety of genres, which I believe is what Travis is referring to as musics. Um, And uh, part of the the challenge was uh, I wanted to get better at songwriting or if not get better at songwriting just do more songwriting uh i really enjoy it and uh and so this is this is my stab at figuring out what i like to write and so it's a little it's a little all over the place at times but uh i feel like especially when you get to the end you realize oh like half of that was all kind of the same kind of music uh so i think that's the kind of music i like okay it's it it did it did become clear to me what kind of music that uh that you like uh, like your style does shine through despite your best efforts uh, <laughs> and so what what I'd like to ask is what are you but before I get into it and um, what are you particularly proud of from this album 
Well, one, I'm particularly proud of the fact that I made it, right? A, a song a week is an insanely fast schedule, and the quality of this is largely there. There, I don't mm-hmm. think there's any tracks that stand out as like, wow, did he phone it in that week, right? There were certainly times when I wanted to phone it in, um, but I don't think I ever took you know, took a week where I was just like, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna put this piece of junk out there. And that's just going to be out there. Like, I, I, it is really tempting to just be like, I'm going to put something out for the sake of putting it out. And I didn't do that. And and so I'm very proud of that. Also, uh, if you are going to embark on a project like this, I highly recommend you marry someone who is (laughs) an insanely good singer and also a compelling lyricist. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be something I I will talk about for sure. I, uh, so I will say, Matt, that I am thoroughly impressed by the existence of this album. Yeah. I think that it is, you are absolutely right that creating a thing is harder than people think. And being a creator myself, I know, or at least I can imagine the work that went into creating something uh, or 13 somethings that are so that are as good as they are for uh the time the constraints that you you put in you had going into it so one of the things that i would i was curious about listening to this is i really yeah. wanted to know your because you said you had sure. prompts for every week right yeah yeah i i did have prompts although i found as i went on that i started dropping like i i started being like you know what i'm gonna throw that prompt away i want to do x so like there's a song on here that's a blues song right and that is very clearly like the prompt for this week was blues right and write a blues song and 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 i did that but as i got further along i was like you know what i don't feel like doing the you know uh, writing a harmonica song or whatever right and so i'm just gonna I'm just going to send it what like, for instance, one of my prompts was piano. And the previous week I had made like a really nice little piano line and incorporated it into my song. And I was like, I can't. It was super hard. It was like, I don't play piano. Right. Yeah. So it was really difficult. And I'm like, and now you're asking me to do it again the next week. No, I can't do that. And so I just threw it on the trash heap. And but you're right. It would. I think I think it would have been nice for people to get to see what the prompts were for sure. Yeah. So I think that there are a couple things that I really like about this album. Uh, first off, most of the songs, I think maybe only one exception, has lyrics that you can understand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a big thing for me. And uh, the poetry, like, I, I'll i tell you this. I would have notes if this were a polished thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have. I still have notes regardless. <laughs> but um, I can take the, it. I can take it. Yeah, no, no, no. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing bad. It's just that, like there are certain songs where, like, there was one. I don't remember even which one it was, but I couldn't understand the words because of the mix. Mm, you know, I couldn't true. understand what you were singing, um, and that was frustrating because so much of it I could. Mm. And so I would, I would, I would have asked you to keep an eye out on that. Uh, there is, undeniably, your wife is a highlight of right? this album. Yeah, she's her so voice, good. 
is good and it makes you look bad that's okay that's absolutely okay this is this is fundamentally a songwriting project that has performance as an aspect to it but this is like there are times when i listen to it and i'm like yeah my i mean i I, for any of you who have not heard this i'm fine right like i'm fine you know i'm yeah i'm competent uh but i'm not I, I'm nothing special as a vocalist. Uh, my wife Which doesn't have to be an end, you know. Right. You know, yeah. Look at Bob Dylan, and he's yeah, not right. a he's not a vocalist at all. But like, yeah, people still love the sound of his voice, and I think yeah. you do lack the um, a character sure. maybe for your voice, right? Yeah, a specific character. But yeah, man, uh, Amy is fantastic. Every yeah. time I heard her voice, it was um, it was joyful for me for, as an experience, and. Uh, your your blues song, which was Dirty Dog Blues. Is yeah, that... Dirty Dog okay. Blues. So you have, a l... first of all, I, I, I like this song a lot. I want it to be better. I want you to do a second pass at it because, <laughs> because it's such an interesting song, a blues song from the perspective of a dog. And you sing a whole, you sing a whole song's worth of stuff from the perspective of this dog. And then... You introduced the second dog character <laughs> as sung by Amy. And it was such a jarring, like, uh, oh, the song, not only is the song not done, but here is, we're starting a whole new chapter. Uh-huh. And um, and I would have liked you to go more of a, introduce that dog earlier on uh, and have more of a, more of a, like, I love the contradictory you know mm-hmm. uh lyrics and and how they're you know essentially they're rivals mm-hmm. and i think that that's a great story to tell i just didn't get it soon enough so um but yeah there are lots to enjoy about this album i uh I, a lot of the music is not my type of music i'll mm-hmm. say that and um i think that the lyrics there's a lot of points where the lyrics needed another pass, but again, I understand you only mm-hmm. had a week to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the 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 music is good though. The like your guitar work and your music creation, your music writing, is very impressive to me. Uh, I found myself dancing to the nice. what I guess was the Loop Browser song. Yeah, Loop Browser. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I was just bopping down the street, walking uh, Coco, and kind of like dancing to the song. It just had a nice. great beaten rhythm to it so um yeah man uh it's it's kind of i would be more harsh on this song if it wasn't and and not because it's you because i i I respect you too much to not be harsh on you thank you but i um i would be more harsh if this was a studio album that was like a polished like this took sure you know months or a year to, to make this is fundamentally one dude in a basement, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's a little bit of of input from other people, but this is fundamentally one dude in a basement, and and it, yep. you know, it does sound like that. I I I feel like it's I think it sounds just, better than that, to be I, honest. Thank you. I I would say it's just about as good as I could do. You know, like it, it like without hiring somebody else to like sound engineer it or something like that. And here's what I'll say. I think your um your competent is is probably better than uh most of the world's best, right? So like uh I would put you at probably in the top ninety percent tile in, in Well thank you. You know people you. making music in their basements. Wow. That is a huge 
That is going on the second edition of Outhouse. A quote from Travis, better than 90% of people making music in their basement. That is, and I'm not even, I'm not even joking right now. That's fantastic. What a, what a that adorable said, com- compliment. Uh, I do wish you had, you had not put these songs in order of, of creation. It wasn't. I do wish you had. No, they're oh, not really? in order of creation. I, this is, <clears throat> this is my chosen playlist uh how oh. would you how would you have configured it no this is this oh. is because i didn't I, like the first song that's why uh, uh the first song, song oh the punk lives? song yeah you don't like the yeah oh well, a trans, i guess i'm not a punk guy it's a you must not be a punk guy it's a trans rights al- anthem so okay yeah pretty, i pretty did positive. notice yeah yep i i, I loved your messaging a lot oh, of it okay. and um some of it was a little on the nose uh oh it's all that's one of my least favorite things about my lyric writing is i cannot do like metaphor or analogy or or like like sort of coming at a subject from the side i'm always like super duper on the nose to the point where i feel like i should just lean into it and be like they might be giants or something and just be like right down the middle you know (laughs) yeah maybe um i think you 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 ride a line right now that's kind of an uncanny valley-esque like of, <laughs> of, of metaphor versus realism um and so I, I wish you would pick one or the other but uh you know there's there's a song that you did learning is fundamental that yeah. has a really interesting uh hook which is the things that we've learned and we've talked about this before mm-hmm. the things that we've learned since we were kids yeah and uh, and how just humanity is continuously learning things and it's an interesting song it goes a little too far like you, you, <laughs> you go like just one step past success like you're like oh i've like i've i've got it let's do more and, that might uh, be the, the that is... might be the pull quote right there actually <laughs> one step past success <laughs> that, would, that would be a good name for another album too <laughs> there you go there you go so uh in in short matt I, I i definitely would recommend our listeners check this out i think that it's worth listening to uh probably not my cup of tea as a whole but there are mm-hmm. definitely some gems in here that i would love to have you put on it at the end of the year uh mm-hmm. you'll have you'll have a good 10 songs i think that will just be perfect for me oh nice. <laughs> and i'm not your audience because well, i think really you sweet. are your audience yeah and, no and, unequivocally and so. this is this is definitely about amusing myself most of all i did listen to the album in preparation for this by the way mm-hmm. uh you know because i hadn't i hadn't heard it in a few weeks uh and uh, you know it's funny when you're going when you're working on these every week you don't have the opportunity to go back and like listen to stuff right. you've done you can't right or anything you're just burning through burning through plot right you know yeah uh, yeah um, that's the and, same when uh, when you talk to uh actors who are you know in shows like in x files or or star trek or whatever and you're like in episode three what do you think about the thing and they're like i i don't remember you, I have you no are working so hard to memorize your lines that yeah. as soon as you are done with a scene you just have to empty that from your brain yeah so that you have room for the next thing that's exactly it and it's uh it's a it's a furious pace um i do i do have a little bit of a little bit of bad news for you oh yeah um so i've done five five or six more songs since you're quitting the the project since the release i'm not quitting the project but i am i am putting it on the shelf for a little bit so i had intended to write while i was on vacation 
And I got my guitar out a couple of times and I realized that I'm really now that I've done this really being limited by my guitar playing. Right. I've only mm. been playing for a little over a year. Um, actually, oh. so so this January 1st, when I started this project was basically the one year anniversary of me picking up the guitar and studying in a in a sort of uh, systematic way. Um and I'm just not good enough yet to do mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. things that I want to be able to do. And so I've decided to set the project aside for a little bit. Um, I'm not I'm not officially abandoning Panko Stankhole or anything, but I am abandoning the one song a week go, go, go thing sure, because sure. because. I feel like it's done what I wanted it to do, which is spark me to create and right now I'm no longer in a situation where it's like I have to create it's I have to get get more competence right I need to get sure. uh, you know uh, uh, like an athlete would say I need to get the reps in sure. right hey that's <laughs> and, fine I get it I get yeah. it and I think yeah as I said just having created something like this is uh, is a pretty it's like me uh, making a movie yeah. Um, yeah it's pretty impressive stuff well, so I'm very proud of you. Thank you very much. I'm really glad you found things to enjoy about it. I am super duper proud of it. Um, I've, yeah. There, there's, there's a couple of points in it that I'm like, ooh, I would have done that differently if I had it to do over again. But there's nothing on here that I'm embarrassed to have on here. And yep. for like part of part of this is not leaving anything out right like these are the first 13 weeks and yes, so so yes. to be able to put that out and say no this is this is all good like i i'm okay with this being out there and being like my public face to the world yeah i'm i'm good yeah I'm, yeah I'm you're you're right the worst song on here was okay yeah that right. I, thank you that's right god <laughs> you you are full of quotes today that's fantastic the worst song that might be the pull quote for this episode of the podcast by the way the worst song on here was okay <laughs> that's fantastic all right you're so, welcome my Travis, favorite song i will ooh, say i do want to say I my do, favorite yeah. song is normal oh um, right amy's saying i think that's yeah. a beautiful song and yeah. it's i love the I love the story of it. It's got a great three uh, three act structure to it. That mm -hmm. is, um, it's a it's beautiful, and her singing is uh, extraordinary. I think she could be a star if she wanted to. She is really, really fantastic. Um, I want you to know that she wrote that song. Eighty percent of the lyrics she wrote in a single sit down session where we just like chugged through it, and then. Um, you know, there was a, like a little bit of tweaking afterwards, but that was largely just like vomiting the words onto the page. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. It really like yeah. it, I it, I felt like privileged to be sitting there playing guitar for her while she was doing it. It was it was really cool. It was really that's cool. great. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, so I will say uh, my 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 score may feel a little harsh. Oh, uh, not at all. If if it were. I would give it a worse score probably if I didn't know that it was, you know, a song a week type of thing. Right. Yeah. And, sure. and, and, and I'm, I'm not giving you an extra point because it's you. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm going to give it a, a, an even five. Okay. Uh, which is a kind of, it's a, it's a good middle of the road score for me. Yeah. But part of that is also that it's not for me. Like yeah. I think that this is not the kind of music that I generally respond to. Yeah. Um, but I do want you to know how much I respect 
your uh, your achievement. Well, thank you very much. This obviously is a is a one hundred for me out of out of ten. Uh, no, it's uh, I would say in terms of yeah, I mean, I would say you're right. It needs to come down a little because it's not like fully produced, right? Um, and there there are definitely things that I would like. There are definitely things that I would have changed if it wasn't like time to put the song out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I would. Uh, I think I'd give it a seven for me, maybe an eight, seven. That was oh. my guess. I, I was going to yeah. guess. Oh, were you but... holding your, he was, ladies and gentlemen, yep. he was holding his hands off screen and then he raised his, yeah, seven. What yeah, I would have rated it had I been you uh, would have been seven. Okay. Very good. Yeah. 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 I'll if take it that. was a stranger's, if it was a stranger's album. Yeah. So, uh, excellent. Well done, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, what have you, uh, what do you got for me for next week? I've been, I've been salivating and you know, people are asking me what I'm listening yeah. to each week. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So I have a, you might actually know this because you are, you, uh, were introduced to a lot of music by your, uh, mom and this is of that era. Do you, are you familiar with Gordon Lightfoot? I have heard the name, uh, as is so often my response when you ask okay. that question. Okay. But uh, I don't know that I am familiar with any of All his right. music. All, it is it is him. Yep. Okay. Um, so Gordon Lightfoot died recently, uh, but oh. he was a folk rock artist uh, in the late 60s and early 70s. He had a couple of really big hits. Um one of which is not on this playlist. So there's a song that's very famous here in Wisconsin called The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. It's about I a know ship- that song. It's a shipwreck on Lake Superior. Uh, and so uh, people reference it around here every once in a while. Uh, sure. But his most famous song is called... Uh, Oh God! What is it called? Uh, Sundown. It's called Sundown. Uh, Sundown. Okay. You better take care. Um, really good. Uh, anyways, I made a playlist for you. It is all songs off of a greatest hits compilation that was released in '74. I want to say it's called okay. Gore. the The album is called Gord's Gold. It's like 22 tracks long. I did not give you the whole thing. I picked up my favorite songs from it uh i front loaded it with uh the song sundown and uh boy gosh i'm sorry the other famous song is if you could read my mind it should now be in second place in your playlist you might have to refresh or something but uh that one was his first hit uh was not his biggest hit but it was the song that sort of brought him to everyone's attention uh the one is that other the one they use on a cruise if you could read my mind i'm on a sunday cruise on i don't know nope that's not it but uh it's really good it's all it, the i am a little he has a very distinctive vocal style and if you don't like it uh then you're not gonna like this because it's all <laughs> it's all over this thing but hopefully you can get over he's got kind of a it's a little bit of a delivery that takes some getting used to but uh it's really good stuff the other thing that i'd like you to note about this is there is almost no percussion on any of this it's almost Mm. all guitar and bass Um, okay yeah he actually used to his first big tour was without a drummer at all uh, oh interesting which is a, a very unusual choice um so anyways what do you what do you have for me well, I uh, have been I have been directed to have you watch uh, several movies over the last few weeks, as I've been telling people about oh, the podcast. Right. Yeah. 
and the uh, the one the, the one that everybody was like very effusive of these guy was at a party and everybody was like you have to watch this one movie i haven't seen so i'm saving okay. it for a very okay. special episode Excellent. but i need to ask you have you seen death becomes her <gasps> okay so this is a yes and a no it's a mm. yes because i have definitely like it's been on the screen before when i was in the room mm-hmm but that was in the mid 90s. Can I can I say no even though technically I have seen this movie cuz I would love I, to watch it again. I think you can because I yeah. want you to watch it again. It's one of those movies that I also saw when it came out in theaters. It stars yeah. Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn and uh, Bruce Willis and yes. it's it, it's directed by Robert Zemeckis who gave us everything from Back to the Future to uh Castaway to Roger Rabbit and uh it's he is one of my favorite directors because of his variety. Yeah. Like he does a bunch of different stuff. And, um, and so I did a Robert Zemeckis playlist once for, uh, like a, like a, like a marathon for Christmas. Um, and this was one of the movies on it and it stood up for me so surprisingly. Yeah. Like I was shocked by how much I loved it from the difference, you know, from being a teenager yeah. watching it and yeah. being, like a 30 year old or 35 or, or now in our 40s. Yeah, I remember it. liking liking it, but I don't remember like any of the plot. I don't even remember if I saw it all the way through. Right. All right. So well, I would see I would... it all the way through now. Yeah. It's an older movie. It's from probably, you know, the either very Nine... late 80s or maybe very early 90s. Um, I feel so... like it's early 90s, but yeah. I feel like it's ninety or ninety-one or something like that, yeah. uh, but we'll see. We'll uh, it 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 doesn't matter for now. Let's just put it on the assignment list, and we'll have you watch it, and we'll talk about it next week. It's a it's a lighthearted romp. Oh, <laughs> um, so you know me and lighthearted romps. You've already it's already a six just from the fact that it's a, <laughs> like it can only go up from there for sure. Great, so. great. All right. Well, I'm excited to have you watch uh, the uh, what lie uh, death becomes her. What well, lies beneath is another one of Robert Zemeckis' <laughs> movies, um, which is on my list actually because it's okay. a really good Hitchcockian thriller. But okay. it's it's crazy how different movies Zemeckis okay. does. But anyway, uh, we'll explore right. his uh, his oeuvre as we go. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna expose Robert Zemeckis to me? Is that I will expose you to him. Yes. Well, uh, thank you very much, Travis, for exposing yourself to me this week. I'm glad we're oh, back Matt. together. Me too. And thank you for exposing yourself uh, to a degree unheard uh, of uh, to this point. And, yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, you completely exposed yourself to me, which I appreciate. Oh, wait, before we go, yeah. hey, oh. uh, <laughs> listener, what... <laughs> We need to be better at this. What did you think of uh, today's uh, selections? Did you agree with me on uh, Joker's perfect rating? Or did you uh, think more along Matt's lines? Let us know on our Facebook page. Just search for Exposing Ourselves Podcast. Or email us at ExposingOurselvesPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll read your comment on the air. All right. Thanks so much. That's all I want. Oh, and leave us a review wherever you happen to be listening to podcasts. That really helps. Like, truly. Like, really. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Now, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>